Welcome to the Win Daily Show. Today I got a special guest. I got Nate Hamilton, who's been in the industry for a long time. And now he's doing his own thing on the Dominate Fancy Football Show. He's got his own podcast. You can see his room, man. Football is his life. I can't tell if he's a Cowboys fan or a Buccaneers fan yet, but we'll find that out soon. Nate, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm, because I play fantasy football and I analyze fantasy football, I've become fans of individual players. So that that kind of makes me a fan of every team. I'm the same way, man. But I'm a, I'm a Cowboys guy, though, for sure. I, I don't know. I love the Cowboys. I called that pick last night. We had a little live stream going, um, and I called the, the lamb pick. How do you like that? I'll get that out of the way. Well, I thought they were going to go um, with Jefferson because he's more of a slot guy. But uh, lamb fell, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, I mean, I knew that was going to be the easy pick for Jerry Jones, which I don't know if you know, he didn't, he didn't want anybody in his ear uh, telling him what to do. So he, he made that decision on his own. At least that's what he wants us to believe. <laughs> but I yeah. love the pick, honestly. It's, it's not great for fantasy, for fantasy football, but I'm, I'm happy. I think all three of those guys can get fed because even with, when Randall Cobb was in there uh, with Gallup and Amari Cooper, they all were fed. I think he was targeted about 85 times or something. So I think all three of these guys can be fantasy relevant in 2020. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I heard some uh, sleeper calls already come out the woodwork, uh, a Dak MVP. I don't know about that call yet, but with those weapons, they have like a, a, a nice little division. I'm hearing the Eagles from certain certain people look pretty strong. They had that one weakness and, you know, Slay might have filled that role. Mm-hmm. But let's go back a little bit. Let's, let's, let's go back in time. I want to ask you a question I ask a lot of people on this podcast. Okay. What was the first decision that you made personally – that kind of led you down the path of, you know, being involved in fantasy football to the level that you're involved now hosting your own show. What was that first decision that you made to get you where you're at today? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good question. It goes back, what was it? 18 years now where I was invited uh, into my, my wife's family uh, fantasy league. Okay. And I quickly got, you know, uh, addicted to being to doing fantasy football and within two years they asked me to be the commissioner of the league and take over and then once I started doing that I just like fell in love with doing everything fantasy football I was looking into everything reading everybody's articles doing that stuff and then I started realizing like I have my own opinions and at first I would just listen to what everyone else had to say and ignore what my thoughts were because you know I figured everyone knows better than me and I realized how quickly all that just bit me you know and it just it was one of those things I was I gotta I really gotta start writing my own stuff I gotta start you know telling people my thoughts so in 2013 I started my Twitter account at Dominate FF and it was just strictly answering any football questions possible I didn't have any followers at that time and I was just answering every possible question I could. And I still do that today. I'm almost at 14,000 followers. So it's one of those things where everything, you know, there's a progression, obviously. And yep. it, that was what really started it for me. And so I'm thankful for the invite that I got, you know, those many years ago. Um, but, you know, again, I just wanted a platform to, to share my advice and, and things I had to say. And I was hoping that people would enjoy that and, and, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for everything that's, that's happened for me so far. Well, it looks like you, you went down the right path. And I think, you know, the moral of that story is just, just get in, get involved, man. You can start with social media these days. If you just get started and you don't have an ego say, Oh, I posted something and nobody liked it. You got to start somewhere, man. Just keep going and going and going. And that's next time you turn around, you have your own show and you're invited on other shows. And the reason why we're on this show together, to be honest with you, you went on Twitter, like, Hey, I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm here to answer any question. And my question was simple. You want to come on the show? And then you responded, <laughs> yes. And now we're talking. So that's, there it is. So yeah, I answer power, everybody's questions still. <laughs> that's a power of social media right there. So like, right. now let's, let's give advice to, you know, some people younger than us. I'm in my mid thirties. If somebody wanted to get started today in fantasy football or fantasy sports or just sports in general, what would be your advice? I know, you know, you, you work your own job yep. um, on the side, and this is something you do to balance both your passion and your family and your, your finance and everything else. But what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get involved in sports? Well, I mean, first thing is know what you have to offer and be confident in that. Don't allow others to sway you in different directions. I would stay on your trail. You got to blaze your own trail in, in this industry, unfortunately. It's just how it is. You know, you need to stand out and, and be confident in what you believe in and just realize you're not going to get everything right. Nobody does. The best in the business, to, to, you know, it, we're kind of the weathermen of, of fantasy football. And uh, as long as you can accept that and, and that would give you the confidence going forward. But you need to produce content. You need to be compelling with your content and interact with your audience. Um, encourage them to give you feedback, encourage them to respond to your articles and ask them what they think and then go back and forth, have conversations. That's how you build a following. You, you, you have conversations with people and you, you know, um, you know, that's just the best thing to do. And so that's, I, that's a good way to start. And then you just keep building off of that. I'm going to take that advice, man. I always tell everybody, I can't figure out this Twitter machine, man. So like, <laughs> Maybe I'll go to get some mentoring from you off air on how to Sounds build a, a more compelling Twitter community. Um, question now, you've been in this for a while. Mm-hmm. What was your take and what is your take today about, because it seems like to me, your focus has been heavily focused on season long. What's Correct. your take on the daily game? Are you heavily involved in daily or you're just more focused on seasonal? Do you do a balance of both? How, how, do you, how do you train for both if you are playing both? So you, you caught me actually at a good time because I'm kind of at the bridge right now where okay. it was all season long for me, uh, all redraft. Uh, three years ago, I'm in, I'm in like a dynasty league with a bunch of uh, guys I used to write with, with the fantasy footballers. Um, and that's my only dynasty league because I don't, <laughs> I know so many people that are in so many dynasty leagues and I just like, I can't Tough, commit man. to all that. I'm all, I've already you know, it was two years ago, I think I was in like 16 leagues and I'm just like, no, I can't. Too much for me. So what I'm doing now is I'm reducing the amount of season long leagues I'm in and doing more daily. So for me, I think um, a good way to balance it is that, you know, you have all week long to set your lineup and make sure things are good to go for a season long. And then you want to dedicate those, you know, a couple hours before kickoff to daily. And that is it. You just, you have your lineup set for, for season long, but then daily you set your lineups, you know, last minute as possible. 
so that because you want everything to, you want everything fresh in your head yeah it's a good way to head your season-long games you know I'm, I'm more of a daily guy um obviously but at the same time i still use season-long for bragging rights it's not like i'm yeah. trying to you know playing season-long leagues to to become a millionaire right or to set my do- my daughter's college fund together it's really there for bragging rights to stay connected with my friends from college or my friends from high school or new friends people in the office, whatever the case may be. That's what I use season long for. It's, it's more that camaraderie type. And Absolutely. I love the, I love the teams. You know, we're both married with a kid. Yeah. I love the live drafts. Like if I can get out now for like a, a weekend, you know, oh, maybe yeah. a, at a, at a place like Vegas or something like that, I got a nice <laughs> excuse for that. That's always yes. a, a nice plus on the side. So, you know, you spent, you know, your early years at some big companies, some well-respected companies, and then you finally made the leap to, to yep. do it on your own. I was the opposite. I like, I never wanted to be a tout. I never really wanted to be a writer. <laughs> and then some random decision I made to write a book kind of led me down this road of podcasting, writing, and all this kind of stuff I never thought I would do. But I stepped out of my comfort zone. What made you leave a great show like the Fantasy Footballers or Fantasy, you know, all these other fantasy companies you work for and start doing your own thing? Well, I mean, I think what it is, and I'm grateful for everybody that I've ever worked with. And, uh, you know, without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. So mm-hmm. they, it, it was always stepping stones for me. Um, and when you reach a certain point, you, you realize that you're not going to grow within somebody else's brand. That's just not how this industry works. It's, it's very difficult to do. It's a handful of people that are able to even do it full time and be the face of, you know, pro football focus or the fantasy footballers, you know, those guys, the, fo- the footballers are the footballers. Mm-hmm. There's, it's not going to be like a fourth footballer. That's just, yeah. that's not going to happen. So uh, eventually it's like, I realized I know I have a great loyal following and, and people come to me and they listen to my advice. And um, so for me, it was a pretty easy decision to, say, hey, you know what, this year I'm going to focus on myself and I'm going to just do my own thing. I'm going to do a solo podcast. Um, you know, I'll v- eventually have guests and everything, but I want to, I just started that solo podcast and I want to get a good feel for that before I get guests on. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel comfortable enough in the industry. I've been doing it for a really long time. Yep. And I think I just thought it was just time to, hey, jump in and, and just build my, my dominate brand. There you go, man. So I wish you the best of luck with that now. Thank you. Solo, man. Like, yeah, I've done some solo shows on series and I yeah. feel like after a two hour series show by myself, like my neck is tense. I got Oof. a headache. So I'm just like, I'm trying so hard to keep the energy up because you're by yourself. Even with coilers coming in, it's a tough task. Why did you decide to go solo? Like what, what do you think the benefits of solo is just being able to, to really hone in on yourself or what, what, what made you make that decision? Yeah, well, I mean, I was, I, I have a buddy, Keaton Denley, with the Fantasy Tilt podcast. Him and I okay. had a great podcast going. Um, last season and this season, it just with, with Keaton had work restrictions. Uh, we couldn't really get the podcast going. And he, he gave me the heads up that probably wasn't going to happen this year either. So I was thinking, you know, I, I just love that podcast so much. And, and Keaton and I had such great chemistry that I couldn't right now I couldn't see myself teaming up with anybody else. I just couldn't see it. And I just wanted 
to do something different. So I, I wanted to have my own, again, it's, it sounds selfish, but I wanted like control of everything. So I wanted just to have my own opinion and not be swayed by somebody else, you know, uh, who, who my co-host is. And I love those things. Trust me. It, it's so, so much easier, by the way, to do a podcast when you have a co-host or guests. It's so much sure. easier that way yeah. than talking by yourself. And I still get nervous. I'm sitting in my office by myself, yeah. talking to myself. And I like, you don't even realize how many times I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like, what I just say, stop, yeah. go back, edit. Like, yeah. it, it, it's a different beast doing solo podcasting because you get in your own head and it, it, there's no room for when you're having a conversation, it's okay for you to stumble over your words every once in a while. But yeah. when it's a solo podcast and all that everybody's hearing is your voice, it needs to be perfect. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't stumble over your own words and be like, well, why did he just do that? It, it just doesn't make you sound very intelligent. So I did the smart thing. I'm hoping it's a smart thing. And my podcasts right now have all been around 15 minutes or so. Like 12 yeah. to 15 minutes, just, just quick hits. Yeah. Like even if you have a short commute to work, you can listen to my pod, like on the way there, on the way home. It's like, I, I want to make them more of a quick hits kind of, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into recording solo podcasts. It's a quick hit ends up being 15 minutes, but I promise you it took me a lot longer than 15 minutes to, to get it done. I hear you on that. So now looking at this upcoming NFL season, you know, talking about these quick hits and stuff, when do you think we come back, you know, into this NFL season? Are you, are you, are you hopeful it's going to be this year? Are we going to get football on time this year? Yeah. And then what's your early prediction? I know the draft is, you know, still happening while we're recording this, but like, are you thinking the Chiefs are clear cut favorite? They got most of their team back. How do you feel about this upcoming season? Well, for me, I, let's start with the Chiefs. Yeah, they're absolutely the favorite. I mean, <laughs> they filled the one need on offense that they needed to because I was never a Damian Williams fan. Yep. I just, I know he is not. Anybody who goes in that position yeah, is going to succeed. You can be productive in that. It, in that anybody system. can, right? But now they've got a top-tier running back to go there. So, yes, they are absolutely the favorite, and that's that's pretty easy. I get very sad when I try to think about the possibility of this season happening. Um, I obviously do hope it does happen because it would be just an awful year to start my own solo podcast. That would be, <laughs> that'd be devastating. But the truth is with all sports and the reason why a lot of people get, um, you know, discouraged or, or make a big deal about it when people say, Hey, it's just a game. It's not just a game. It, it helps us escape from our, our everyday life, which can be hard. And it's a great distraction, something that gives us something to look forward to and be happy about and cheer for. So, yeah, of course, I, I want this season to happen. And I think everybody needs that. Everybody needs to go back to, quote, quote, normal. I don't think we're going to see a normal ever again. I think things are going to operate differently going forward from all different kinds of aspects. But for me, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the sport happen. Like, I, I want the NFL, and the only thing that's been having me have a little bit more hope with this is that it's not till the fall, you know? Um, but one other thing that definitely, let's say hypothetically this, the, the season does happen. Anybody who's made a team change or are these rookies coming in? 100%, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to 
things aren't going to go as smoothly as it has in the past. Like training camp probably won't start on time or, or even happen. It's going to be so, definitely minimized for ooh. sure. They're gonna, they want to go to the games. They're going to shorten the preseason. I've been kind of quieting everybody's expectations mm-hmm. from a quarterback wide receiver standpoint. Like those are right. the two guys that are going to have the most problems, you know, getting that timing down with each other running backs. You know, I feel like, you know, they might miss a couple blocks or two, but at the same time, they know where to run. Yeah, um, but wide receivers, right. it, it, it's, it's a timing thing. So, yeah, I know it's a very heavy wide receiver draft, and there's yeah. a couple surprises happening and stuff like that already. But I think it's more year two, year three with these wide receivers for that. You know, one guy's going to break out. He's going to be in a perfect mm-hmm. system, makes a lot of sense, and just it just works out for him. But the overall grand scheme of things, I think quarterbacks and wide receivers aren't going to have – Quarterbacks never really have that that first rookie season that just blows everybody out the water. Exactly. That's very few and far between. Um, but I think the wide receivers are also going to be, you know, in trouble a little bit, you know, getting ready with these playbooks. It's a different type of playbook for the NFL. They can study it, I guess, but being on the field is going to be a huge thing. And that's um, the thing. They're not going to have the time to build chemistry. I think yep. that's where we're going we're gonna to see a lot of – uh, I guess roughness or rough around the edges for a lot of these guys who've switched to new teams, all these trades. And, you know, it's not going to, if the season happens, which again, I hope it does, it's not going to be as smooth as everybody thinks. Yeah. So what's your take on, you know, have you started doing season long drafts already? Did you kind of put a stop to it now? Or what's your take on, on drafting teams within your different leagues are you drafting more drafting less because we're on quarantine we're not much to do yeah how's that been affecting in your life so definitely not doing um any like season-long drafts i'm in one best ball draft right now it's an industry um best ball draft um through drafters and we're 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 doing that i started that i'm three picks in and i had the 101 lucky lucky for me so i had uh christian mccaffrey it's PPR, and then I went Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay. You went so Evans before the Brady move or after the Brady move? This was after because it, the draft is happening right now. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a pretty good start. But that's, yeah. the on- that's the only draft I'm doing right now, and I think a lot of people are going to be holding off a little longer this year to do their drafts, and I think it's a smart thing to do. What's your take on Tampa Bay? I know you're kind of in the Northeast. I don't know if yeah. you grew up a Patriots fan in Massachusetts or not, but what's your take on Brady, the Bucks, and then the Patriots? Like, I was excited to see Bill Belichick in his home, but he traded out of that time slot, so he don't have to be on TV potentially. <laughs> right. So uh, what's your take on the Patriots and the Bucks here? Well, first of all, I, did, I, you know, I grew up in New England, but I was never invested in the Patriots. Like, they weren't good when I was a kid. Okay. So it was just one of those things. I remember they were eliminated by the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. Like the first time they made the playoffs when I was a kid, I'm like, yeah. And then they just got crushed. And I'm like, I hate this team, you know? <laughs> so eventually I became a Cowboys fan, but that's, you know, that could be for another, another time. But um, for me, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are quickly becoming uh, a nemesis of the Patriots organization <laughs> because they all of a sudden have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and they just what – what did they just do in the draft? They grabbed they just, the offensive lineman, I think, first. That yes. fell all the way to him, which some people have predicted him going, like, as a top yes. lineman in the league. Um, and now he's protected. 
they just have to shore up that secondary a little bit and they're solid, man. I know. And people are speculating though, like one thing I'm hearing because you know, the bucks got Gronk is that, you know, they'll trade um, OJ Howard to the Patriots. And for me, that, that would make zero sense for the bucks to even, why at this point would they even do anything to help the Patriots out? Yeah. Like no. if I were them, I would, I would just, you know, keep it going, keep up the whole, I'm your nemesis. Uh, don't come to me for anything. I'm going to take everything from you guys. Your, your time's done and just move on and keep going. And for me, I don't, I don't see why they would do anything to help the Patriots at this point. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I, I listen, I was never really, I grew up in New York, still live in New York, but I was never a Brady fan or a Patriots fan until like the last couple of years to see what Brady did as soon as he turned 40, the respect mm. I have for him as an athlete, always pretty much been clean cut. I know he played around the rules a couple of times here and there, but yep. from a, from a, a man on man aspect, he's always been, you know, a good dude from what I see on the outside. So I have respect for him a lot. And a lot of people are saying like, he's done. I don't see that really. I don't see mm -hmm. him like, Peyton Manning style with a lot of injuries, throwing ducks out there. Right. I see him in his off-season workouts, his TB12 stuff. I see him healthier now than he was probably three or four years ago. So, And I think one of the reasons why he moved, he needed a chip on his shoulder. Yes. He needed something. Like, what can you do in New England right now that would make him feel great? If he won another Super Bowl, okay, well, you did your job. Yeah, that's it. But if he goes to Tampa when everyone's calling him old yep. and he's washed up, and he can't do it no more. And now he goes out there and he has that ammunition to fuel kind of his fire. Because I know he's got that. He needs that fire, man. And going to Tampa, an organization that was kind of eh, you know, for, for quite some time, I think that's why he went there. That's one of the reasons. He'll never say that's the reason, but I think no. that's one of the reasons that he ended up going there, man. I think you're 100% right. And that's exactly how I feel, too, is that he's had some of his best seasons on revenge tours because yeah. he's been on so many of them, right? Yeah. You know, whenever he gets in trouble with the league or whatever, and people start saying, Oh, he's, he's, he's approaching a cliff. He's going to be bad. And then he goes and wins a super bowl and, yeah. or he's suspended for the first four games of the season. He goes and wins a super bowl. Yeah. So the only thing he can do now to it, advance his legacy sure. Yeah. Win another super bowl with the Patriots. Fine. Whatever. I mean, I think at this point that's not going to do it. Yeah. I think he needs to prove that he can win without Belichick. I think he yep. knows that. Yep. And he's got the best offense I think he's ever had in his Probably. entire life. Yeah. And we still don't know what they're going to do at the running back position. Yeah. So they could draft a, another one of these uh, rookie running backs, and that would be the most complete offense possibly in the NFL. And for me, I don't, I don't think his age has anything to do with it. How many times have we said, oh, this is it. This is the season. I don't think this is going to be the season. No, I don't think so, man. Like, not him. And, and listen, he can get hurt. You know, it's football. A freak mm -hmm. accident can get hurt, and it can, you know, it can squash everything that me and you just said, and we can look <laughs> wrong. But right. at the same time, if he stays healthy, I think he has a le legit shot at a playoff run, a Super Bowl run. And I think he also went there. The second reason he went there is to get away from Mahomes and get away from Lamar Jackson and meet them in the Super Bowl, but don't meet them, Smart. you know, in the early rounds of the playoffs. So I think that was the second move. And I heard, you know, for Giselle, you wanted some hot weather for the family. So that was probably <laughs> the third piece to make the wife happy and stuff like that. So, Plus, Florida is where everyone goes. All, all the old people go to retire. So Exactly. <laughs> Plus, you get that tax, that those tax benefits down there. So not that he needs money, but... 
No. Nope. That was pretty funny that he moved into Jeter's house. A lot of different things. Now he's getting oh trespassing uh, tickets or whatever the hell he did recently, too. So yeah, he walked into having, somebody's house or something? I don't know. That was kind of weird, man. I don't yeah. know what that's about, man. I got to look into that one, too. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was funny. People say he's losing his mind now. But, you know, interesting <laughs> stuff going on, man. And, you know, talk about motivation. Um, how do you balance, you know, a lot of people, you know, friends, not even in the fantasy industry, um, make a lot of excuses, man. I don't got time. I don't got time. Yeah. How do you balance and, you know, work a, a full-time job? Yep. Then you got a family and then you're all in on fantasy football, 365. Yeah. Um, how do you balance that? And what kind of things do you do that you think the listeners can kind of pick up on? And, you know, from a business standpoint, how do you balance all of it? Sure, man. Yeah, that that's tough. It's It's honestly you know, it's not an exaggeration to say it's like having three full-time jobs Yep. where, you know, it's my, my day job during the day to, to be able to live the way I live and, and support my family. It's a full-time job to, you know, take care of my son and, and be there with my wife and for us to, you know, continue building our relationship uh, as we have for the last 19 years now we've been together. Good job, man. Um, and it's a full-time job to continue analyzing football and it's about finding time. And if it's something that you're passionate about, then you find the time. You don't say you don't have time. You, Oh, if your wife's it's at 10 o'clock at night and your wife is like, I'm going to go to bed. I'm tired. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay up for a little bit. Take some time, go into your office, get to bed a little later. If you have to, you know, if your if your wife runs to the grocery store and, and takes your child with you, Hey, that's some, you've, now you've got some time to work on football. You've got to make time. And for, for me, uh, outside of those extra times that I, I do, I've agreed with my wife. There's a couple times during the week that I dedicate to fantasy football. And uh, it, it's so crazy that I've been doing it as long as I have been at what, what I just said to you and like yeah. working around those unique ways. Because if I had full time to, to be doing this, eight hours a day, what have you, man, it, it's scary. I think what my ability could be and, and right. how much more I could be giving to, to the industry. So that's, that's the one thing that's a little frustrating is I don't have that time to, to uh, do all that. But, you know, again, you, you can still not be in the industry full time, have a family and do this and have an impact. Right. And I hope that's what I've been doing. And I hope that people, you know what proves to me that it 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 has worked is people think or assume all the time that I am full time in the industry, yeah. and unfortunately I'm not. Yeah. But I I get that assumption all the time. Like, hey, how'd you make it full time? You know, what would you do to get there? You know, I'm not full time right now. I mean, I, I still have hopes that it's going to happen, but it's a, it's it's a very difficult industry to get in, and you need to outgrind a lot of people to get there. Yep. No, I agree to everything you just said, man. Like with my wife, like she knows, obviously with Sirius, that's a scheduled time. It's live. Yep. I got to be there, commute, all that kind of stuff. And I still have a consulting business that I have to dedicate 50, 55 hours a week to that. Then I have a newborn, got to dedicate that. And I get the same thing all the time. Like when I tell them, no, I have another business that I got to run and I have people that I'm, I'm responsible for. Um, they're like, really? I thought this was everything you do. I'm like, yep. hopefully soon, you know, hopefully <laughs> soon we get to the point. But even if I don't get to the point where, 
you know, one can hold up the other. I'm, I'm totally fine with it, man. Like mm -hmm. I really don't need TV, like TV, this Netflix and chill. And yeah, look, even though we've been home in New York for about, I don't even know. I, I haven't stopped counting the days. Yeah, I don't no know if it's 45 days or two months. I'm not sure what day it is today, but um, you find time, man. If you're passionate about it, you find time. And right now while we're on quarantine, I, I haven't watched more TV than I did before. I have same maybe watched five episodes of a, of a show with my wife and maybe one movie mm -hmm. and um, probably like 10 times I watched the same show with my daughter because she, she likes this one, <laughs> one show that I had to keep on watching with her. But outside of that, that <laughs> outside of that, man, it's just, you find time. Like last night we were up to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm doing a draft show with a couple of guys on our team. Yeah. Um, in the mornings, like you said, whenever you can squeeze in that time, but I think you also did something smart. You schedule out certain things where, you know, you can't really be bothered. So you have right. that time and then you squeeze in the other time. But like right now I reach out to other people who don't have something that they're passionate about. Or they right. have it, but they make up excuses for it. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we're all hit the pause button. And I reach out to some of my friends. I go, what are you doing? Oh, just chilling. I'm like, yo, don't you kind of yeah, want to this... take advantage of this time <laughs> and maybe find something, a hobby that you can do on, on top of everything else you're doing? But even family members, I'm like, why? Why you keep cleaning? Like, it can't well, be that dirty in your house. Like to stop the cleaning and do something for you. Exactly. So when you get back to work, you can have that as your little side hustle. So it doesn't have to be a monetary reward that you're getting out of it because right. look, you know, I know you didn't become a millionaire. I didn't become a millionaire, right. you know, doing what we're doing with fantasy football, but I wake up every day with a purpose. Like I know exactly this is what I want to do. And right. it's a really nice feeling to have that. I feel like if you don't have that, yeah. You're kind of lost. You're not driven. You just, you're, you're looking for stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times you look for the wrong thing. You get sucked into something that A, you don't want to do at work or yeah. B, you don't want to be doing to your body or yourself, whether it's yeah. sitting on a couch for five hours a day or, you know, use your imagination. So absolutely, I think it keeps us, it keeps us grounded and it keeps us, you know, energized to do what we do, man. So, you know, I think that's a good, a good notion for everybody to kind of, Try to figure out now while you're on this quarantine. Now, let me ask you a question I've been asking everybody. You know, Win Daily is the brand, right? Yep. It's the name of the book. But to me, it's more. It, it's this, this mindset that every day, even in defeat, like if I lost $1,000 playing DFS, yep. I'm still going to try to take something positive from that and anything I walk into. Uh, what kind of mindset do you feel like is similar to the Win Daily mindset that I have or something that's kind of made you – um, you know, successful on your journey? Yeah, I mean, another great question. For me, it's, it goes back to basically what you were just saying. It gives me, it gives me purpose. Like I have a lot of, you know, purposes, I guess, in life, which is, yep. you know, my, my, my day job, which I know provides me with the money I need to support my family, have this house, um, you know, I have my purpose to have an amazing relationship with my wife every day and, and have my best friend as my wife that is the most amazing thing ever. Uh, my purpose, obviously my son was born five years ago. He just celebrated his fifth birthday nice. in that all of those things are amazing, but all three of those were, are also things that aren't just for me. All those things are, you know, 
relationships and, or, or there's, you know, it's, it's, I'm doing it for something else. You know, when it comes to fantasy football, that is, I, I do that because it makes me happy. My wife doesn't have to understand that she does because we're, we're a great team and we communicate with each other and she understands what it means to me, but she doesn't, she doesn't have to like know everything about fantasy football. My son, you know, looks up to me, but he's young. He doesn't know much about it yet either. So really it's, it's at the end of the day, fantasy football is something I do for myself and that makes me happy. And that, that gives me, like you said, it gives me a purpose um, outside of the everyday life. And, you know, it's also a distraction for, you know, every, everyday life, like I was saying, and, um, you know, it's just something for me. And, and and again, it's my passion. It makes me happy. Yeah. I agree to all that. Like even, even after I lose money in DFS, the first thing, you know, one of the first things I wake up to is like, all right, I got to check this slate out today. It gives me purpose every day with the daily aspect of it. And even with season long or, researching or writing or podcasting yep. it gives something that is yours you know and i think you're doing a solo podcast that's you it's nobody else yeah. you know so you're doing it for you for your fans for your following but at the end of the day it's something that gives you a reason to keep going and doing something and you're building something like i always tell people it doesn't have to be like the biggest rewards from what you're doing what i'm doing is not going to come from, from money. It's not going to be the monetary rewards. It's going to be right. that community and building a team or building something that you can say, Hey, I did this. You can show your son that you did this, your wife, people around you. And I think, you know, over the years, like it was probably harder. I'm assuming it was probably harder 10 years ago to be like the fancy football geek. Right. And now it's kind of like, people come to you like, yo, help me out. Yes. Like I want to, I want to do better with my fantasy (laughs) football leagues. Right. And then we talk about daily. They're like, yo, you really winning 10,000. Yeah. We, we, our guys won 10,000, a hundred thousand, 50,000. And it's like, you know, now people are more accepting of it. So it's easier now than it was before, but you've been a trendsetter innovator. And, you know, I think throughout the time, you know, jumping from place to place kind of made you realize what you like from other places, what they did well, Right, And then you kind of hone in now and, you know, I'm excited to tune into the podcast to see what you're doing and and everything else. And I wish you the best of luck with that. Where can everybody follow you on Twitter or any kind of social media stuff that you got going? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I live on Twitter. I'm there every day at Dominate FF. Um, And my podcast is the Dominate Fantasy Football Show. And I have a Twitter account for that. It's at Dominate FF Show. Makes it pretty easy. Uh, to remember. And I also, I've been doing a lot of uh, live uh, broadcasting on Periscope. Uh, I do that every Friday at 7.30 Eastern. I just do like, ask me anything. And uh, those have been going pretty well. So uh, you can catch me there. And again, like if you ever want to reach out to me, uh, I'm always answering people's questions or, or, you know, responding to everybody on Twitter. So that is where you can find me. All right, I'll ask you one last question. This is going to be a question that I want to know personally. Okay. I need help. <laughs> How did you build Twitter out? Like, what do you, what do you, if you were helping me personally with my brand, mm-hmm. what's your advice to build a good Twitter following? Because I have my team, we're like, all right, we got a good tweet. It should be funny. It should get yeah. good interaction. It, get, it should get, you know, good engagement. And then it's like, 
nothing. It fizzled out. Like 10 people yeah. might like it or something like that. I know the numbers are just numbers and you shouldn't be so focused on the numbers, but what would be your advice to somebody who's trying to build a Twitter following? Sure. Yeah. I mean, for, well, when I first started, obviously you start with zero followers and then, yep. or maybe you, then you get a couple hundred. It's like, that's still small potatoes, right? Compared yep. to what a lot of people in the industry have now. But um, for me, it's all about interaction. It's all about maybe setting up a question that a lot of people are going to respond to. Like, hey, you know, who do you think this team should draft on day two? You know, if you want to talk about something like that. And then whenever you get a response, every once in a while, don't answer them all right away. Because what happens is you go in, you can answer one question and then wait maybe 10, 15 minutes, answer another question, because that will keep bringing your tweet back up to the feed and making it relevant again. Because right. Twitter, once you tweet something, boom, 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 gets pushed down. Yep. You need that interaction for it to stay above, you know, water. Above the water, yeah. Yeah, so interact is my number one thing. You need, you need interaction with your tweets. You need okay. to respond to those who are interacting with your tweets. And, you know, also another good thing to do is look under hashtags, like what other people are talking about. And even if it's not your conversation, jump in and give your own opinion. If somebody else is asking another fantasy analyst, hey, what should I do with this? A lot of times, fantasy analysts are not answering questions. Um, just because they have such a crazy following, it's hard to do it. And, and I know that now, but I still answer as many as I can. Yep. But here's what you could do. If they're asking, say, I don't know, Brad Evans okay. a question, and you see that they haven't gotten a response from him, you go in there and respond to it and give them your opinion and say, hey, you know, I, I think this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then they, they would turn around and be like, right, you know what? I like that answer. I'm going to follow this guy and I'll ask him next time because he answered my question. You know what I mean? So I guess, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best way to, that's the best way to build a following on Twitter, on any social media platform. It's just interacting. That's okay. it. You try to ask some more questions, man, and, and relevant questions. And we've always answered questions. Like we're really, you know, big on that. So we have like a discord channel that all of our community, you know, comes into. And the way I describe it, it's like if you had an opportunity, if you're an investor and you had the opportunity to sit down with Warren Buffett, Jamie Dimon, and all the big bankers out there and talk about stocks and investing, that's what we kind of have in our Discord. And we kind of have, once we get them into Discord, like I don't feel like anybody in the business is more helpful than we are. Like we got guys who are like top 20 ranked DFS players in the world who won six figures multiple times and direct access, like you're hitting their cell phone with a text message. It's amazing. And we give that, but to get that word out to our, this Twitter universe, I was like, I can't figure out like two plus two to me <laughs> should equal four, but like, right. Like sometimes I feel like I make the excuse, like you need to have a following before people can engage with you, but yeah. obviously you can't get the following unless you get that engagement. So it's all uphill battle. So I'm going to take your advice and, try to post some more questions, answer some more questions, dive into conversation and make sure my guys are, are doing the same. And, you know, I appreciate your time today, man. Thank Anytime you, Anytime you want me to hop on your podcast or want to hop on Serious, man, I'll cool, give man. you the opportunity there, man. Cool dude. Uh, I like your picks the Cowboys made, so hopefully they, yeah, me they too. continue on. And uh, <laughs> let's get football back soon. And yeah. as soon as football comes back, we'll keep the conversation going. All right, man? Sounds good, Jason. Thank you so much for having me, man. No problem, man, so...